0: We made it just in time. Come on, let's go get a seat. Hey everybody, welcome to Julia's Trucking Cafe. Come on in, grab a seat. Did you get something to drink? Now just sit back and enjoy the show. I have lots of news to get to, so let's get right to it. This week in Lee's Bullshed, we'll be discussing lease purchase programs. That's going to be later on in the program. So you'll want to stick around for that. But first, let's get to the news. A truck driver is arrested at a rest area after feds make a $150 million opioid bust. Federal authorities arrested two men after they discovered a massive amount of heroin and fentanyl in a tractor trailer at a New Jersey rest area. 48-year-old California-based truck driver Luis Aponte and 29-year-old Pennsylvania resident Denny Diaz were both arrested and charged with a single count of conspiracy to possess with intent to distribute 400 grams or more of fentanyl last week. And this article was posted, uh, um, wrote on the 5th of March. According, and this is according to a news release from the U.S. Attorney's Office. Authorities say that Aponte drove his truck to a rest area in Bloomsbury, New Jersey on March 1st, Aponte then parked overnight at the rest area, then the next day on March 2nd, met with Diaz inside a car at the rest area and allegedly gave Diaz seven grams of fentanyl while the two drove a short distance away from the rest area. After this transaction was made, agents with DEA pulled over the car and arrested both men, and returned to the rest area to search Aponte's truck. Inside the truck's cab and refrigerator, they found another 13 gram kilograms. I'm sorry. They let me try that again. They found another 13 kilograms of fentanyl and five kilograms of heroin. They also found $17,000 in cash in a backpack which apparently belonged to Aponte. The total estimated street value of the 20 grams of fentanyl and 5 grams of heroin is over $150 million. Both Diaz and Aponte are facing a mandatory but minimum sentence of 10 years in prison and possibly with a possibility of life. In addition to a possibility, possible fine of $10 million each. Both men are being held without bail. Multiple agencies are in the investigation of this large-scale drug bust, including the DEA's New York Drug Enforcement Task Force, the New York City Police Department, and New York State Police. But... It happened in New Jersey. Over the weekend, we stopped $150 million worth of opioids from getting into northeast and into over 15 million users' hands, said DEA special agent in charge Ray Donovan. Now, a worker in a bucket truck goes what I call topsy-turvy, upside down and sideways after being struck by a truck we call these bucket trucks i used to call them cherry pickers a motorist dash cam captured incredible footage of the moment that a box truck clipped a bucket truck upending the texas utility worker the incident was caught on camera back in february in houston in the video you can see that a utility worker is performing repairs on a traffic light as both wolf and a box truck approach the intersection wolf is the person that caught this on camera as the vehicles pass under the traffic light, the box truck clips the utility worker's bucket truck, upending him in his safety harness. Wolf said that the worker hung upside down and sideways for about 30 seconds after the box truck strike. The box truck pulled over, and Wolf called 911. The utility worker were shaken but not seriously hurt. Well, I would be scared shootless. This is probably the most epic and horrific thing I've seen, Wolf said. You could see they ignored some safety rules. They didn't have the road blocked off. The truck wasn't protecting anybody, but they were smart enough to put on a belt and a helmet. That definitely s- what saved this man's life and you can view the dash cam footage in the article that I will post in the show notes. Now, in other news, a truck lays over between interstate ramps with a load of Modelo beer. Anybody volunteer for the cleanup? Drivers in California got their weekend kicked off early when a truck loaded up with beer crashed off of a freeway and spilled its sudsy cargo all over the roadway below. Okay, really? I I gotta love CDL life. The crash happened around 7 a.m. on the 10 freeway in West Covina, California. Police say that a semi-truck driver was hauling cases of cans of Modelo beer westbound when he attempted to exit the freeway. He went too fast and overturned on the ramp rolling down the embankment and spilling the load of beer onto North Garvey Avenue below. The crash started a small fire, but no injuries were reported. Caltrans responded to help clean up the spilled beer. Cleanup is expected to take most of the day. Yeah, they got cans everywhere, and that trailer is about trashed, according to the pictures. There again, stop by our show notes page in order to see these photos for yourself. Now, truck drivers are spotting state police rolling in their own big rig. Online trucking communities have recently been stirred up by images of Florida troopers stealthily patrolling in their own big rig. But it turns out that they, and other law enforcement agencies, have been using semi-trucks to hide in plain sight for years. Well, duh. A pair of posts featuring a Florida Highway Patrol big rig, have been shared in many trucking groups this past week. One of the posts appeared on Facebook with the caption, "Is This is what trucking has come to. Be careful, drivers. This is in Florida. Yeah, because he pulled over a parking lot, which they always go flying. Another Facebook post surfaced around the same time as Florida Highway Patrol's big rig pulling over what appears to be the same car hauler on a Florida roadway. Many Facebook users express shock and confusion and amusement at the Florida Highway Patrol's use of a commercial vehicles to catch drivers behaving badly. Uh, don't surprise me, none at all. Not whatsoever. While the photos have generated a mixture of surprise, anger, and applause in online circles, the Florida Highway Patrol semi-truck is nothing new. According to a report from the South Florida Sun, Florida Highway Patrol has been using their own semi-truck since 2014 for various enforcement activities. Typically, the trooper inside the truck acts as a spotter who contacts other officers and cruisers once he spots a driver who's speeding or texting or engaged in some other form of violation so that they can perform a traffic stop. The Florida Highway Patrol Big Rig has often been used as an enforcement tool during the agency's statewide ticketing aggressive cars and trucks, or TACT safety blitzes. Florida Highway Patrol Sergeant Christopher Galanti said, believe it or not, people will pass this truck, although it is marked as one of our units. It's amazing what people do around tractor trailers. Yeah, think? Y'all first getting, you know, a glimpse of this now? Shoot, I, come ride with me. I've been knowing this for years. And Florida isn't the only state where troopers patrol in their own semi-trucks. The Tennessee State Patrol has their own custom Peterbilt for several years. They use it both as an education tool and in their enforcement efforts. And many state police agencies that don't have their own custom truck have been known to borrow one for trooper-in-a-truck enforcement efforts. Yeah, we'll just give it back, right back when we're done. Oh, and, and let's do a DOT inspection on it first, though. CDL Life has reached out to Florida Highway Patrol for comment on their use of semi-trucks and they'll, I will update the show if they ever Florida ever responds to their request. And in other news, lawmakers want to put underride guards on the side and the front of your truck. A pair of law bankers have reintroduced legislation that would force drivers to have both side and front ride side and front underride guards on their trucks. I'll talk eventually. The bill called the Stop Underrides Act or S-665 was introduced by U.S. Senators Kirsten Gillibrand and Marco Rubio on March 5th. The bill would update current truck safety standards that only require rear underride guards to include side and front underride guards as well. The law would also ensure that annual inspections for all large trucks includes underride guards as part of the inspection and would require the Department of Transportation to review underride standards every five years to evaluate the need for changes in response to advancements in technology. Gillibrand says that the new underride guards are necessary because even low-speed crashes with tractor-trailers can cause car drivers to suffer severe head and neck injuries, including decapitation. Um, yeah, how about instead of doing underride guards, Gillibrand and Rubio, how about if we pass a law that all cars have to have hands-free devices, wireless headset, or mandatory hands-free phone hookups in their cars? But no, there's no mandatory law about that. No, uh uh-uh, let's not do that. Gillibrand and Rubio attempted to pass through similar legislation back in December of 2017, but were ultimately unsuccessful. So they're just introducing this, trying to get this passed. It hasn't been passed yet, so no, don't everybody have a heart attack. The current bill has been referred to the Committee on Commerce, Science, and Transportation. Quote, Congress has the ability to make simple and common-sense changes that would save lives on the roads. Truck underride guards are one of the best and easiest solutions for protecting passengers and preventing them from being killed when a car collides with a truck. I'm proud to introduce the Stop Underrides Act to protect passengers and help keep our roads safer, and I urge all of my colleagues to join us in supporting this bipartisan bill, Gillibrand said, end quote. Trucking groups like OOIDA oppose the Stop Underrides Act and say that it intentionally disregards reality and ignores the safety, economic, and operational concerns. OOIDA has also argued that side and front underride guards will cost tens of billions of dollars and it will be too costly to be practical. This episode of Julia's Trucking Cafe is brought to you by... Julia's virtual assistant service. Have you ever thought about hiring a virtual assistant? Do you even know what a virtual assistant is? Well, may I suggest you contact Julia's virtual assistant service to find out how they can help you and your business. Do you have things that you hate doing? Are you an owner operator and have receipts that you have to turn into your accountant before tax time? Well, Hand them over to Julia's Virtual Assistant Service and concentrate on the things that you enjoy doing. From basic web design, social media marketing, bookkeeping to transcription, Julia's Virtual Assistant Service can help you and your business with the things that you hate doing. Any task that you have, hand it over to them. You could contact Julia's Virtual Assisted Service today by visiting their website at juliasvaservice.com. That's julias, V is in Victor, A as in Apple, service.com, juliasvaservice.com for economical pricing and quick turnaround times. And if you happen to have a task that they don't have listed, hey, please shoot them an email and they'll get back with you within a certain amount of time. Now let's get back to the news. A driver flees the scene of an accident after getting a truck stuck under the bridge. Authorities are trying to locate the driver who, (laughs) yeah good luck with that one, who say they fled the scene after getting his truck wedged underneath a bridge in Indiana. The incident happened on Sunday, March 10th, in downtown Fort Wayne. The bridge is marked 11-8. Authorities say that an unnamed semi-truck driver was hauling a load of onions southbound on Fairfield Avenue when he apparently ignored the 11-foot, 8-inch low clearance signs and attempted to pass underneath the railroad bridge, causing heavy damage to the trailer and leaving the truck stuck. When police arrived, the driver had left the scene, and he still hasn't been located. It took crews an hour and a half to remove the stuck truck from underneath the bridge. The incident remains under investigation, and it isn't yet clear whether the truck driver will face charges. Local business owner Marcos Espinoza said that it's common for trucks to hit the bridge. No one seems to really want to read the signs. It's marked in three places coming down Fairfield. It just takes time to clean up, and it's a pain in the butt to deal with, honestly, he said. You can see the images in the article below of how much damage. And these pictures will also be on my page of stupid shit that drivers do. Oop, did I say that? And uh, troopers hand out hundreds of tickets during a commercial vehicle enforcement in other news. There again, Washington State's cracking down, y'all. Washington State uh, Patrol's Commercial Vehicle Division says that they issued well over 200 citations during a recent target targeted patrol on a 10-mile stretch of busy interstate the enforcement blitz began on february 25th in the tacoma washington area troopers patrolled both directions of i5 between highway 512 and highway 18 to try to catch truckers and motorists driving dangerously Ongoing construction on this stretch of interstate has narrowed lanes, state police say, making it more important than ever for drivers to follow traffic laws. In addition to ground patrols, trooper also used helicopters and aircraft to monitor drivers. On Mark 6, Trooper Jana Baptiste released the results from their enforcement effort. They are as follows. A total of 458 vehicle drivers were contacted, Of those vehicles, 242 were commercial and 254 citations were issued. The top violations that resulted in citations were speeding, seat belts, following too closely, cell phone violations, failure to change lanes safely, and failure to secure loads properly. The Washington State Patrol considers the enforcement effort to be a success because after one week of increased safety emphasis on patrols, the Washington State Police is happy to report there were zero commercial vehicle involved fatality, injury, or high-profile blocking collisions. Troopers, they will will continue with heightened patrols on I-5 for the foreseeable future. And a bill to ban vehicle booting on private property advances in Georgia House. A bill that would effectively ban companies from booting vehicles on private properties gaining momentum in the Georgia House of Representatives. The bill known as HB 469 was authored by Representative Matt Dollar would ban companies from booting vehicles parked on private property unless a tow truck driver provides a written statement that the vehicle could not be towed away because of the way that it was parked. The bill would also place a cap on booting fees at $65. Hmm, do you think Kentucky's going to follow suit on this one? Sure would be nice. Many truck drivers reported that they've had to pay a or more to have a boot removed from their vehicles in the state of Georgia in the past few years. The bill would still allow for booting on university campuses and public roads. On Monday, March 4th, HB 469 passed through the House Public Safety and Homeland Security Committee and is now awaiting a vote before the full House, according to a report from the Atlanta Journal. I would like to see some more very tight guardrails put on this industry now. There's a lot, a lot of bad stuff going on out there, Dollar said, quote. Booting companies say that the bill would eliminate hundreds of jobs in Georgia. Really? Authorities in Georgia have recently taken other steps to regulate the controversial booting industry. Back in December 2018, DeKalb County authorities answered complaints about excessive boot removal fees by passing a law capping boot removal fees at $150. However, local authorities say that in spite of the fact that the law went into effect on December 6th, some booting companies are still charging fees in excess of $600 to remove a boot from the vehicle. Um, Yeah, it's called, called a cutting torch. I didn't say that, did I? The controversy over booting in Georgia has even turned violent in the past year. Last July, a booting company worker was charged with assault after hitting a truck driver with his car during a dispute over booting in a Walmart parking lot. In Perry, Georgia. I reported on that story. I remember that story very well. In other news, troopers find $77 million worth of cocaine in a cargo container. Federal authorities say that they may have made the biggest drug bust in the century so far at the Port of New York slash Newark. The drugs were discovered at the end of February when agents performed an examination on a shipping container full of dried fruit that was entering the U.S. from a port in Buenaventura, Colombia. While examining the shipment container, agents discovered 60 packages of a white powdery substance that was later determined to be cocaine. A news release from the U.S. Customs and Border Protection says that the weight of the seized drugs was 3,200 pounds. The estimated street value of the cocaine, $77 million. Border Patrol agents turned the cocaine over to Homeland Security investigation to, to aid in their investigation into the incident. No arrests have been made as of yet. Authorities say that this is the largest cocaine seizure at the Port of New, New York. Slash Newark since May of 1994 when 6,400 pounds of cocaine were seized. It is the second largest cocaine seizure at the port in history. Troy Miller, director of New York Field Operations for U.S. Customs and Border Patrol, said This interception prevents a massive quantity of drugs from getting to the streets and in the hands of our children. NYPD Commissioner James P. O'Neill said, The proliferation of illegal drugs in New York City will never be tolerated neither by law enforcement nor by the people we serve. The NYPD and its law enforcement partners remain committed to identifying and stopping all illegal narcotics by attacking their distribution networks on every level. Through significant seizures such as this, we will continue to make every neighborhood in our nation's safest, largest city even safer, end quote. U.S. Customs and Border Protection, the U.S. Coast Guard, Homeland Security Investigations, the DEA, the New York Police Department, and New York State Police all contributed into this investigation. And troopers in Michigan plan to expand roadside drug testing programs statewide in 2019. Michigan State Police have announced that they are planning on expanding a controversial saliva-based roadside drug testing pilot program statewide this year based on the results of a limited roadside drug test pilot program conducted in 2017 and 2018 lawmakers in Michigan have decided to provide additional funding to expand the program statewide in all counties that are interested in participating Over the next few months, the Michigan State Police are planning on obtaining equipment and providing training to expand the roadside drug testing program across the state. The program expansion is expected to be fully in place by the fall. In November of 2017, Michigan launched a year-long roadside drug testing pilot program in five counties. The pilot program allowed troopers to swab a driver's mouth in order to collect saliva to detect the presence of drugs without needing to perform a time-consuming blood, urine, or hair test. Troopers were able to obtain test results from the mouth swab in about five minutes. The mouth swab was then followed up by a 12-step drug evaluation during which troopers observed a driver's behavior for signs of impairment. During this initial pilot program, troopers administered 92 saliva tests. 83 drivers tested positive for drugs during the pilot program and 89 drivers were arrested as a result of the drug test or the subsequent 12-step drug evaluation. However, A large number of the tests were determined to either be false positives or false negatives based on the results of later blood testing. Michigan State Police reported that after comparing the roadside tests to blood tests, there were six false positives for amphetamines, two false positives for cocaine, one false positive for meth, and 11 false positives for marijuana, THC. There were also eight false negative results for benzodiazepines and one false negative reading for opiates. Grand Rapids-based criminal defense attorney Ed Sternisha opposes the roadside drug testing program because the risks of the false positive results. Quote, would you want to be one of those people who gets arrested because this machine says you have one of these drugs in your system and the machine was wrong? End quote. Michigan State Police believe that the results of the roadside test re- corresponds well with more than traditional drug testing methods. The pilot program resulted in 38 drivers being convicted on 47 charges as of December 2018. Dozens more of the tested drivers are awaiting the final results of their cases in court. And finally, a semi-truck hauling 16 missiles crashes near a rest area. They say crashes... It not really crash. Idaho, Idaho State Police say that a semi-truck driver hauling missiles for the U.S. military managed to shut down I-90 for two hours over the weekend when he crashed near a rest area. This was last weekend. The incident happened near Cord Lane. Know that area well. On Friday, March 8th, around 7.15 in the evening, according to a news release. Troopers say that 47-year-old Oklahoma-based truck driver Mark W. Deering, Deeringer was hauling 16 2,000-pound missiles on I-90 when he traveled in the, near the eastbound Hutter Rest Area and passed through the port of entry at mile marker 8. Deeringer inadvertently drove the hazmat co- into the hazmat containment area instead of using the interstate on-ramp. At the end of the containment area, Daringer drove over a large snowbank, causing the truck to be disabled. Authorities closed down I-90 for four miles in both directions for about two hours while he worked to determine that the load of missiles on the crashed truck was not hazardous. Daringer was cited for inattentive driving. Yeah, well, that's a bunch of garbage, too. And now for Lee's Bullshit. Lease purchase sounds great, especially for someone with poor credit and doesn't have the ability to save up a down payment to purchase a truck. But for those types of people who always wanted to own their own truck, you need to know the truth about lease purchase from someone who has done it four different times. Vehicles are usually very used with high mileage on them. The choice of vehicles are very limited. There's no warranty on the vehicles or a very limited warranty, which means the repairs are either out of your maintenance account or out of your settlement. What do you think about that, Lee?
1: Well, I tell you, I've heard a lot of stories about it. I've had people approach me about doing it. In my personal opinion, a lot of that, I'm not speaking for everybody, that I've heard about, it ought to be against the law. Simple fact. They're doing nothing but ripping these people off putting them in the house by own your own truck. You lease a truck that got three, four, five hundred thousand miles on it. Why do you think the company is getting rid of that truck? It's fixing to start having problems. Everybody knows that. They're charging drivers five hundred plus a week for these trucks and they got to pay everything. But here's what's saying. The company is making more money By not doing nothing, then you are just as much money and you're running. But oh, wait a minute. You got to buy fuel, you got to pay for insurance, you got to do this, you got to do that. So who's making the money, people? Who? The trucking
0: company. And not not only having to pay for the maintenance, but you work for a company that runs a refrigerated trailer, you have to pay for the trailer fuel for the reefer motor as well as the tractor fuel. And it's not your truck until it's fully paid for. You're making payments, like you said, on the owner's truck. On most lease purchase agreements, the driver will never own the truck.
1: Oh, no, there's no way. There's no way. Because I've heard this one guy... Man, I made all this money this week, you know. Then next week, proper Clutch went out in his truck. Well, how much money did you make now? Oh, uh, I, I probably won't get a check for a couple of weeks. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, so, so what is this, you know? And basically, you know this, and I know this. The way this started, here the uh, trucking company's got. Let's just take a number three thousand trucks, okay? Let's or two thousand, and okay, they're wore out, and they're going to go down a freight liner or. or Peter Bell and say, "Hey, we've got two or three thousand trucks we want to trade in." You know the yeah, right? They gonna laugh at them. Yeah. You know, they're gonna laugh at them. So they cook this up. It's not regulated. Whatever the company can steal from you, they're gonna do it. And you're making them more money. They're not doing nothing. And if you do get the truck paid for you got a truck got 700, 800, maybe a million miles on How far do you think it's going to keep going?
0: Right. Without a rebuild. You
1: know, exactly. I mean, overhauls. I mean, what do you have paid for? Nothing. Nothing. Yep. Uh, something's fixing to fall apart. A lot of them trucks are falling apart. When, as soon as you get it, the problems start, and... I don't see it. I mean, I've heard a lot of them tell me, well, you know, I made this much money. I make more money driving a company truck, well, a lot more money than they're doing on a lease deal. But these companies are using that and starving a lot of these guys and say, hey, you can make more money doing a lease deal. And the people are desperate for money. They don't know no better or just what the company tells them. And, and then they get into it, you know, the uh oh. I made the wrong decision.
0: Right. Well, and, then, I, and I've been hearing horror stories of drivers getting the truck halfway or three-quarters of the way paid off, and then all of a sudden their miles start getting cut so that they're exactly. starving them out.
1: Exactly. Now, think about it. Say that you as an owner, op, and I'm a company person, say we're in the same town. They got two loads sitting on One of them weighs 27000 The other one weighs 45000 Who do you think is going to get the $45,000-pound load yeah, probably the owner operator. You know he's going to get it. I mean, that's because the company going to save money on fuel and everything else. And the, you know, it's just it's just a very very. I'm not saying all companies are like this, but the ones that I've heard about, the people are being in jail for being able to do this to people because well, it's not right. The experiences
0: that I talk about is four different companies nationwide, and something else that they love to do is if um, most companies will make you take the loads that they give you, they don't give you a choice of where you would like to go or how many miles a load is if you're getting paid mileage or if you're getting paid percentage, what the revenue of the load pays. They're like, this is what we have, either take it or sit. And if yeah. you don't like the load and you turn it down, there's a possibility that you're going to go down to the bottom of the list. Your DM is going to get pissed off that you're turning down freight, and you'll be the last one in that area to get loaded. You ain't got control over nothing.
1: No, you don't. And and how do you know what it pays? You don't. Yeah. you got to take their word for it. Now, if they're ripping you off all of these other ways, do you think they honestly going to tell you what the load really pays? Yeah. No it ain't gonna happen, you know, I mean, I was an owner-operator for 29 years, I run in my day, I did, I pull, I pull cows, and I pull a reefer, I had my own trawlers, everything else, I just get burned out on hauling cows sometimes, and I'd hook up, I'd start running uh, east coast, west coast, you know, hauling, you know, everything, you know what I mean, hauling produce, and everything like that, but you know, then I, I went through brokers, and the broker back then, this is what the loan pays. So I know what some of these loans pay, and I know good and well a lot of these people are saying, you know, okay, well, we're going to let you build a lease, and we're going to pay you a dollar a mile, a dollar a mile. Yeah. Okay. Now, you think about it. Take your fuel out of that dollar a mile and see how much money you make it. Yeah. Didn't take all of your expenses and your truck payment out of that dollar mile. So what are you make Nothing. And plus, you're booting them for five hundred dollars or more a week for their truck, which has been paid for forever. You know, when it got its miles on, that truck's paid for. It. So you just bought the company a new truck. Even if you do make it, your where do they go? Five years now, or something like that. You just paid for their brand new truck for somebody else to drive. Yeah. Get up. And, so it's
0: just, and then you have companies out there that micromanage your maintenance account. That's your money that they withheld out of your check for it. For example, like Dispatch is asking you what the tread depth is. I've ran into that before of the tires. Not letting you put on the tires that you want because they're too damn expensive. Or to tell you you don't need tires. You just got tires put on. How the hell does Dispatch know what's going on with that truck? <laughs> they're sitting in their cushy little office. And oh,
1: the computer t- o Oh, yeah, there
0: you go. That's always a good one. And then you got other companies that require a full security deposit paid in full first before even starting to build up your maintenance account. After you get the security deposit paid up, then it starts reverting into your maintenance account. Well, if the truck breaks down before you have that money built up in your maintenance account, guess where it comes from? Out of your settlement. And it's not taken out in payments. It's taken out one lump Some and if you're in the negative that week, you're gonna keep being in the negative at every other paycheck on down the line till you get it paid off because they take the whole damn check out. That's what I was running into. And normally, I told them right out my revenue has got to be four thousand dollars a week gross minimum in order for me to have any kind of a check, bring home anything for a year. I was running great, and just like you're talking about, I had a 2015 uh truck and all of a sudden the rear the back rear end went out. That was a sixteen hundred dollar tow bill. Then the front rear end went out. That was a six hundred dollar tow bill. Yeah, everything it was a pilot bearing. Everything went under warranty and stuff. But still I was down two and two months in a row for a week at a time. Well I didn't get the first repair paid off before it hit me again. I went for six months without a paycheck. And then companies are turning me down for employment, and they don't even ask why?
1: Yeah, yeah. They, they, anymore, it's a lot of these companies, a lot of people don't think that they talk to each other, but they do. They really do. Certain companies I've heard that some of these guys I was in worked for, that the companies do talk to each other. And I've seen this one guy leave this one company, and he made a couple other companies, and he and they called him want him to come back. And he was gonna go back, but they wanted to cut his per uh, mile, uh, per per mile, right? Yeah. They wanted to cut that to let you come back. What is going on? You know, this is this problem that you go down. And I've never did one, but it, you go lease a new car. Do you have to pay if it breaks down? Oh yeah. So, you know. So what is the difference here?
0: And, there is none. I mean, it's just like leasing a truck is just like exactly. leasing a car.
1: Exactly. But see what brings Frank Flags up. Uh, okay, now we need to get this account started for when you break down. See, they're telling you, hey, look, that's what gonna, we need to get you some money up because we ain't going to spend no money on it. Yeah, You're going to do it. But anytime they go talking, oh, well, why don't you put a little money down on it too? Where you at? Good Lord. How much more do they want, bud? Come on. You know?
0: Well, now we have a friend that uh, is a mutual friend of ours that worked for a lease purchase program. And I remember he put down almost $1,800 on a truck already and yeah, then no is no longer doing it.
1: Well, then he couldn't do it. He, he, couldn't, he couldn't, all the stuff, he had more repairs for that truck. Yeah. And before he even took possession of the truck, I think he told us it would be about 7500 bucks just what he had him do to it before he got it. Yep. You know, before he took over. Then he's still having to do stuff. It's not worth it, you know. I mean, if these companies are going to do that, make it better where the driver can make some money, okay. You're keeping him down. The truck breaks you broke.
0: How are you going to buy anything for you wife, your kids? They don't care. We, they we don't, don't care. They're right. making their money. They don't care. These companies need to have more of a human factor and quit treating us like a freaking truck number or a freaking employee ID number. They don't Care. That's just like brokers. They don't care if you're sick. They don't care what the weather is. They want their shit there on time. Oh, my God, I have to reschedule? Oh, my God. Well, I can't reschedule. You don't know how many times in the last year. We can't reschedule that. It's too late to reschedule. We can't reschedule that.
1: They don't care. Well, that's like uh, detention and all that stuff, which most companies pay attention. But here's what a lot of people don't know. The brokers used to even lumpers, okay. Years ago, like when I'd get a broker load, there, there, uh, there'd be a lumper fee that would be paid to me for you know getting my truck unloaded. Yeah. Okay. And also, I even run they that had a detention pay on it. Yeah. Now, you think the company's gonna share that with you, or are they gonna put it in their pocket?
0: Well, what happened was with the, uh, the I got paid the uh, lumper fee and didn't have no argument with that, but detention, oh, they don't pay detention, they don't pay detention. I said, that's a bold-faced lie, because I know the contract that you all signed with this certain shipper, yes, it is worked in, detention time is worked in there, so you can't tell me otherwise. So, and, okay. yeah, they
1: didn't like that shit. Well, see, okay, so basically... That costed you miles. Costed you money. Costed me another around. load. Exactly. So, and they put it in their pocket. So, what's right, they need to change this stuff around. It needs to be more open on what the trips are paying, where they have to show you by law. And they need to change some of this doggone stuff with the breakdowns and, and all this crap. Don't do that to people. Because it, it's just a losing situation. Now, maybe... I always thought my trucks new. I always did. I had the money. So I did it. And I would keep a little bit on the side. Basically, it really wasn't for breakdowns. It was for, like, more lights or more chrome. <laughs> more chrome, of course. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. You know, the good accessory stuff. You know what I mean? But anyway, I'll tell you a story about that in a minute. But anyway, <laughs> I mean, but I kept a little money. Of course, I was making enough money. To do I that, really have to, right? I didn't have to really worry about it. Yeah. Okay. And back then, I know what freight paid or what my loads paid, and let me tell you, it's a lot less now because all these trucking companies are in are against each other, and they just keep bringing the price on down. Yeah. On down. Everybody's
0: yeah. outbidding each other.
1: I remember. I'm not going to mention the company, but I I, I got burned out, and I was pulling my reefer for a while, and I was, I think I was in Ohio or somewhere, and uh, I know you remember this, some of y'all listening might remember this, used to, you like know, in the phone rooms and the little, you know, little drivers did, they had TVs, they had broken loans on them. yep. yeah, load boards. It's, it's, yeah, right, and well, there was a couple of us owner operators sitting in there, just talking, you know, watching the boards, you know, you know trying to get us slope. And this one company come up there, and this is what it said across the board. We'll haul anything from this time to this time for 50 cents a mile. Yep. And then the guys looked at the and said, man, I can't even afford to crank my truck for that. I said, I can't even. Yep. But that, that's another way of driving the operators and everything out. It's what it is it's what yep. it's intended to do. And, and the
0: railroad. They're... Railroad and their intermodal yeah. and all this gobbledygook. You see the trains now. Nothing but J.B. Hunt, Schneider, Martin, you know, KLM. You know, and they're sitting on a railroad. Do they stop and fuel? And their reefer trailers, do they stop and fuel them reefer trailers up? You know? know, do the they thing. check
1: on them? You know, what the hey? You know, ever since I've been in trucking, and I've been in I've been in it for over 35 years, and I've always heard my whole life that eventually there's only going to be two trucking companies left in the United States, and the railroad's going to own both of them. Yeah. I've heard that saying. I mean, uh, you probably have to. I've heard that saying my whole career, you know, driving trucks. You know,
0: Everything's uh, going to go intermodal, and all trucks are going to be used for is taking it from the rail yard and delivering it to the customer. That's, that's what right I've right. been hearing.
1: I do know if I've heard that it's a lot cheaper. The railroad can haul it cheaper than we can pull it. Yes, they can, but yeah. it's on
0: so. the damn railroad for a week, two weeks at a time. Yeah. So if you that's ain't in right. no hurry to get your shit, and everything <laughs> now is that we have, don't you find that it's expedited? Got to go, got to go, got to go, got to be there overnight. It's, it's 800
1: miles overnight. Got to go, got to go, got to go. That's it. Well, that's, that's kind of, I mean, think about it. A lot of you, like, used to do years ago from the East Coast to West Coast, West Coast to East Coast pools. Oh, that's really done. Yeah. I mean. It's all on they the they damn said,
0: railroad. So now I feel yeah. like tattooing FedEx out across my damn forehead.
1: <laughs> well anyway but i'm gonna tell you a story here
0: okay all right go ahead
1: i me a new truck and uh, me i i dis- discussed it with the wife when i was married at that time i'm not married no more but anyway <laughs> that's one another one day <laughs> we, but anyway we got a few things i went i i had a run going out to out to california right and uh, we coming down through there. And she didn't think I needed a jake break. And I've kind of felt guilty about this all these years. So we started running down some damn bouts. <laughs> and I started kind of adding things on and, you know, and stuff like that. She said, oh, she said, you know. Uh, next place we come to, you can get one of them things. I think we really need to get one. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I mean, I did. I added, you know. But, hey, I want to get I got a list of the pop, you know. Well, oh, <laughs> and,
0: and speaking of adding chrome on and everything, you got to <laughs> tell me, since you used to be an older operator, what the... Pfft? Is it with these big ass twelve foot freaking shifters that you have to be sitting on damn near the ceiling in order to shift this shit? You know, and the guys are sitting on the floor and what do they do? They don't grab it up on the handle that's way the hell above their heads. They grab it down in the freaking middle where the handle used to be. What okay. what the
1: hell's up with that? Okay, remember when you was growing up, you had to look cool. Didn't no, no, no. Live. I grew up
0: on a dairy farm.
1: I, you know, there's
0: nothing about looking cool. That, that was a, not in my well, day. That's
1: what it's all about. You, you, you boys had to, 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 to look to cool. You gotta got look cool. That's all there is that's, that's poor to it. That's part of it. You gotta look cool. You I know, and you, I'd use the
0: right vernacular. You boys have to look cool, that's all that there is to it. Us well, chicks don't famous. worry about that.
1: Maybe it's a guy thing, you know what I mean?
0: Apparently. <laughs> I don't good you know Lord. You gotta look good, gotta look good at not you know.
1: Whether, whether you're good at it or not. Oh, and I suppose... And
0: then I get these log haulers running past my house with straight pipes on and a freaking Jake break from hell at 2 o'clock in the morning. You're going out in the fucking woods, people. Excuse my language. You're going out in the freaking woods, okay? You don't need straight pipes. You don't need a big-ass, loud-ass freaking Jake break. To freaking go into wars to go pick up a damn load of logs to take it yes. up to the damn paper mill. Don't tell me you got to look cool.
1: <laughs> it's the rumble. Don't you get it? The guy's out like to hear the rumble. Hey. Apparently, guys, appa-
0: and this is going to be maybe an x rated doggone radio, uh, the 30 minute of the <laughs> radio show this week, but apparently they're lacking somewhere else in order to need 8 inch straight pipes and freaking a loud ass Jake break. That's all I can say.
1: It, well, like I said, my generation is the one that made them little signs happen. Says no Jake Brakes. <laughs> <laughs> so, right? I mean, and only
0: only what is it? DOT approved or now it's engine compression brakes. It has to be manufacturer's engine compression brake. Right,
1: yeah. Right. Some
0: of them signs, you know, it says Jake breaks a lot across different towns and stuff like that. But then I run into a few that says compression break. No, you know,
1: <laughs> aftermarket like
0: that. compression breaks.
1: Well, that's, that's the thing. We like the big radio. You got to have a big radio. Oh, you know I mean? I mean, I here we go. And I tell you, I was going to a little town one time. Buddy of mine lived in that town. <laughs> and this back before Seth, I was, he, he lived in a, a, a duplex or something you well know, it was a pretty good piece off the road that went you know, through the town and uh, I got to the house and uh, he called I said how would you know I was here he said I heard you come through town right <laughs> you know, not but, only
0: the damn uh, 8 inch <laughs> stacks and the jake break but hell he you could hear your mouth all the way
1: across the, uh, three counties yeah let me tell you something, <laughs> state of Missouri cost me 850 bucks for doing that one. No. <laughs> I got this buddy, man, him. we grew up together and uh, we saw a lot of cattle and uh, every once in a while we'd be running together. Of course, we'd be about halfway racing and everybody else, you know, trying to see who was the baddest. And, that boy right there got the most true of Missouri with tickets. He wasn't even allowed to go through Missouri for a <laughs> year. He had to go He had to go around, he he had to go around the whole state. Wow. Uh, and, and they told him, we can't kill you in this state. <laughs> <laughs> Your ass is yeah. ours. Yeah, exactly. Okay, we need to get back to what we're talking about.
0: Here. So, <laughs> so, well, but, yeah, was, we got kind of digressed a little bit. Yeah,
1: I om- yeah I almost- that's the good old days. Some yeah, people might like yeah. hearing them stories. Those no people just going to smile and say, hey, I remember that when all that was going on, you know. So, really hey, we got it. Well, that's what you do when you get older. You think back what happened when you was younger, and that's all talk about. Boy, you we miss the out good the old days, don't we? Yeah, yeah, good old days. Those yeah.
0: those days all right. Day. All right, Lee, I know you're a busy guy, and it's time for you to go night-night right about now, so you take care, and I appreciate you showing back
1: up on the show again. Hey, any time. Everybody out there be safe, and And take care, God bless you, and hope you listen to us again sometime. I'll tell you, if you know what I mean. Bye.
0: Thank you, Lee, and we look forward to hearing from you next week. I greatly, greatly appreciate all of you who tune in every week to listen to me on the cafe. If you are new here to the cafe, you'd like to check us out. At the bottom of every podcast episode on the website at juliestruckacafé.com, I have links that I have listed where you could find me on other um, podcast directories like iHeartRadio, YouTube, iTunes, and many more. Please like, follow, or subscribe on any one of those. It helps me move up in the ratings. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. We're also on Twitter and join our discussion group at Julia's Truck and Cafe Regulars. On our website, I share recipes under the cafe menu. I have cooking in your truck, and especially a neat page for you guys out there of stupid things that drivers do, videos, pictures, and much more. Please subscribe to our email list, where I will send you the show notes right into your inbox. This way, you don't have to always come back to the website if you want to access the articles that I talk about in each program. But I'm glad that you do. And in the future, I'll be having new things coming out. And if you're on the email list, you'll have priority in getting those new things that are in the works. And before I forget, please feel free to leave a comment either on the bottom of each podcast, Twitter, or on Facebook. I greatly appreciate each comment, and I read each and every one. If you have an idea for an upcoming show, you can email me. My email is on the contact page of the website. I would really like some feedback. How do you like the show? Is it interesting? What could I do different? I'm always looking for different things to make the show a little bit more interesting so my audience can build and you guys will keep coming back. I greatly appreciate each and every one of you listening to me each week and uh, sometimes it gets trying and sometimes I have a bunch of stuff going on in my personal life but I really try hard to get an episode out to you each and every week it may not always be on time but I try to get it out at least you know before the middle of the week so y'all take care keep the shiny side up don't forget to use your headlights when you're using your wipers in adverse conditions and adverse weather increase your following distance and please use your turn signals take care and have a good week
1: It was